Welcome to the College Connection Podcast, a podcast presented by the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador. This podcast is a series of regulatory-focused information and education sessions for RNs and NPs. This is the College Connection Podcast. With me today, we have Crystal Northcott. Crystal is an experienced registered nurse who has a diverse background. She has experience working as a staff nurse in adults and pediatrics, in nursing education, and in management. Crystal is presently the Provincial Operations Manager for the Correctional Health Services. In this role, she implements healthcare delivery to individuals who are incarcerated at either of the six provincial prisons or two lockups within Newfoundland and Labrador. Crystal will be speaking about a day in the life of a nurse working in a correctional facility, the skills needed to work in this environment, and what makes this role unique. So Crystal, to begin, what is uh, correctional nursing? Thank you, Kelly. Correctional nursing refers to nurses who work in correctional facilities, such as prisons, and includes registered nurses, nurse practitioners, and licensed practical nurses. That sounds like a very different environment from what most nurses are familiar with. Can you give us an overview of the province's correctional facilities so that we have an idea of where nurses are working in non-traditional roles and environments? So correctional nursing is certainly unique and requires specialized training in order for the nurse to feel comfortable and competent. Given the unique environment and how nurses have to carry out their roles, correctional health nursing is a specialty in its own right. Presently in Newfoundland and Labrador, there are six prisons and two lockups. They're located in St. John's, Whitburn, Clarenville, Bishop's Falls, Stephenville, Corner Brook, and Happy Valley Goose Bay. So prisons are either classified as provincial or federal. Provincial prisons, uh, individuals who are sentenced to two years less a day uh, are housed there, or they could be on remand awaiting trial. And federal is when somebody is sentenced to more than two years. All the facilities within our province are provincial. However, the facility on the West Coast does house some individuals who are enrolled in, in federal programming. While we do have an interdisciplinary team, at present, our nursing staff consists of RNs, MPs, and LPNs. And right now, they work out of three facilities, with more currently being hired for the remaining sites. Would you be able to give us a a background on nursing in correctional facilities in Newfoundland and Labrador? Sure. So RNs and MPs have worked in correctional institutions for many years. However, they were previously contracted out by private companies through the Department of Justice. As a result of the Towards Recovery Mental Health and Addictions Action Plan uh, that was released in 2017, responsibility for health services transitioned to the Department of Health. As a result, responsibility for for providing health care was transitioned to Eastern Health at the time, now NL Health Services. So the World Health Organization also recommends that health services and corrections be provided by health organizations as opposed to corrections. So what kind of nursing services are offered in correctional institutions? Health services include primary care and mental health and addictions. So we try to offer the same services that are available in the community. Service delivery varies depending on the facility as their needs can be different. 
However, our care model is nurse practitioner led at all facilities except for one, which is the Labrador Correctional Center, and that's GP led. We have nurse practitioners in person at HMP, which is the largest institution in the province, and one nurse practitioner who provides virtual care to the remainder of the province. We offer basic nursing care, such as medication distribution, dressing changes, phlebotomy, and immunizations. We also offer nursing assessments, suicide assessments, health screening, management of chronic disease, and addiction treatment. So you mentioned earlier that you work as a part of a interdisciplinary team. What other health professionals uh, do you work with within the prison? Yes, we do. As part of our interdisciplinary team, we have psychiatrists, a pharmacist, an addictions counselor, social workers, and a psychologist who provide mental health services, such as assessments and diagnoses, individual counseling, and group programming. Um, what is unique, I guess, to working as a nurse within a prison? So many things. First, it's helpful to have an understanding of the basic processes of the justice system and understand how to navigate it in order to provide care and, and advocate for our clients. It's also important to understand privacy laws and policy because nurses do receive requests from a variety of people requesting health information and they have to know how to handle this. Um, so for example, we often have lawyers requesting information on their clients for court. This is a frequent occurrence. So while the lawyer is formally representing the client and reaching out on their behalf, we have to be careful that we aren't breaching privacy laws. Generally, we do request the signed consent form to release the information. However, if we aren't able to obtain that for some reason, it, the information could be subpoenaed. And that would mean that somebody from medical would have to appear in court and testify. Depending on the information requested, it would usually fall to the charge nurse, nurse practitioner, manager, psychiatrist, or psychologist. Uh, another uh, unique point is that safety is the priority in a correctional facility. In every other environment, the nurse is responsible for setting their schedules based on their priorities for the day, which is similar as well in a prison. However, in a correctional facility, your schedule is determined by corrections um, based on the safety and security and safety is more important than anything else. So this is a really, a diff really difficult adjustment for nurses. Correctional officers are also a huge part of our team. While health information remains private, we actually can't do anything without the cooperation of corrections. They're also responsible for the individual on a daily basis because they are within their custody. Therefore, there's a certain amount of information that needs to be shared to ensure care needs are met and individuals are kept safe because we don't staff the building with nursing staff 24 seven. Um, so for example, if we assess an individual and determine that they're suicidal, we do have to communicate that information to the officers to ensure they have an appropriate level of monitoring. And it's also helpful for them to know if somebody is diabetic and requires insulin before their meals. Because the in insulin is self-administered, it is kept with the correctional officers on the unit so individuals can have access to it when they need it. Privacy in a correctional institution looks a little different and can be challenging. And understandably, many people feel uncomfortable opening up in front of others, but we do require the presence of a correctional officer during assessments. So what this means is that while we 
assess the individual, a correctional officer is present outside the clinic observing behaviours and interactions. They can't actually hear what's being said. Um, so, and if we had to do a, a private assessment, then we would use our point of care risk assessment and then close the curtain and assess that individual. The one exception is that if an individual is agitated and unpredictable, and the officer will stand nearby within quick access outside the clinic door. Usually, however, if someone is having a bad day, if it's feasible and it's not an urgent appointment, we will reschedule it to another day when it's safer to do so. It's really important in the correctional facility to set boundaries. And while all nurses have to be mindful and set boundaries, no matter where you work, it is especially important in a correctional facility to ensure that incarcerated individuals aren't trying to cross lines through manipulative behaviors. And nurses working in corrections must have a really good assessment, really good assessment and documentation skills. We have to be able to determine who truly needs to go to the hospital based on their presenting concern. While it is outside the scope of a registered nurse to diagnose, they are able to determine oftentimes what is urgent and what can we for the nurse practitioner to assess the next morning. And documentation, of course, is key as well, because there are so many complexities to providing healthcare within a correctional institution. We often see scope of practice issues arising. So like any other workplace, it's really important for nurses to be familiar with what is within their scope and outside their scope of practice and what their standards are. When you're working as a part of the team and each member has a different role to play, sometimes a significant uh, different, significantly different role, it's really important to know your roles and professional standards. While we aren't practicing within a hospital, we are still required to follow organizational policies and uh, our college's standards of practice. So for example, uh, because correctional officers are most often the first people on the scene of a medical emergency, they are permitted to administer Narcan. So they've received training in how to do so, and they have a policy based on this. However, registered nurses must have a medical directive as it is outside the scope of their practice to prescribe medication. So prior to establishing medical directives, nurses technically weren't permitted to administer this. So this was one of the first medical directives that were implemented um, when care transitioned over to the Department of Health. So it's also really important, and I sometimes find that I get wrapped up in the setting that we're in in terms of the level of care we provide. So it's important to remember that you're not in a hospital. Nurses don't have an assigned patient workload. So not all of the individuals within the facility are our patients at all times. Aside from medication administration, we're an outpatient clinic and they would become our clients when services are required. I would imagine, Crystal, that the, the health needs of the population can be quite complex. How do you manage that? Oh, with a lot of collaboration with our various partners, we work closely with correctional officers and classifications officers, as well as many community partners like Stella Circle, John Howard Society, First Light, and many others. That's just to name a few. Uh, do you think or do you find, I guess, that... Um, that's a challenge to coordinate care for so many individuals? Yes, it really is. Uh, we have been very creative to ensure people receive care in a timely manner because there's so many individuals 
um, putting in requests for care and there are so few of us. Um, so we work, we, we triage requests that come to us and we also work with other care providers who are external to the correctional facility to arrange consults by video whenever possible. So typically the appointments would be in person. Uh, however, it can be challenging to get people out to their appointment. Sometimes the stigma really impacts an individual's comfort in going to these appointments in person. When they leave, they are escorted by two correctional officers and often wearing shackles. So that draws a lot of attention to them and it can be understandably very uncomfortable for that individual. Because of this, we try our best to ensure that dignity is maintained and one way we can do that is through virtual appointments whenever possible. For those virtual appointments, have you found that other care providers are receptive, are receptive to virtual consults? Oh, absolutely. I think COVID has really helped with this mindset and I hate to throw COVID in there, but I, I think it has helped with the mindset because we are used to virtual care now and at times we expect it and we have the tools required to provide it. So when I first started in this role, I wanted to find creative ways for individuals to get to their external appointments because we did have a, a high no-show rate. So I started asking if we could set them up by video uh, since we had the capability and our nurse practitioner or our nurses could assist in any assessments needed if it was appropriate, of course, and within their scope of practice. I found that all providers so far have been very receptive to this and more than willing to help when they can. They've been very understanding. What is one of the biggest challenges for you in providing services to um, incarcerated individuals? Oh, release planning, definitely. It's ingrained in us that discharge planning starts upon admission. And we're used to having a good idea of what an individual's expected date of uh, discharge is. In corrections, when people are incarcerated provincially, we don't often have any warning of their release date. Whereas federally, they're already sentenced, so they know when they are going to be released. Um, so many individuals that are incarcerated provincially are on remand. So from our perspective, they have no predetermined release date. This isn't everybody, but it is the majority. They can appear in court and be released at any time, and this makes it very complicated to plan for release and follow up, as we often don't have an opportunity to review follow-up care and education with them. We do as much as possible when we meet them in the medical unit and during our interactions with them. However, it's difficult for anyone to retain that information when it's often one of the most challenging times of their lives. And when you have care providers available to you providing for your needs, this is probably the one thing I lose the most sleep over as a manager in correctional health. So how do your team navigate this? Communication and collaboration are the two most important components in trying to plan for follow-up care when you have no idea when an individual will be released. To help us prepare as much as possible, we have twice-weekly interdisciplinary team meetings where we discuss health concerns. So these will be medical team meetings where we discuss any health concerns that we may have with an individual. We provide updates and care plans to each other and discuss upcoming potential release dates that we know of and any upcoming court dates, um, which we're not always aware of, but we, we try to get as many as we can so that we can be prepared for the possibility of release. So to help with this, so those uh, twice weekly meetings, like I said, they're just healthcare providers. Um, but once a week, our social worker leads a meeting, what they've called a release radar meeting. 
And in that meeting, there's representation from nursing and social work, addictions, psychology, and classifications officers, where they discuss those who may be released within the next two weeks. And as a healthcare team, we really do value the collaboration with classifications officers because uh, they are the individuals who are really in the know most about the release dates and any linkages to the community partners that the individual had prior to incarceration. They do a very detailed intake assessment with the individual, determine programs that will assist, assist them in their rehabilitation and meet with them regularly to discuss supports needed for release. Mm, I, yeah, I've never heard of uh, classifications officers before. It's, yeah, it's good to know. Um, would you be able to tell us what a day in the life of a nurse looks like in a correctional institution? Yes, for sure. So it varies based on the day and the facility, but regardless of which facility the nurse is working in, like any other healthcare environment today, it is really busy. It involves a lot of medication prep and distribution. The nurses start at seven o'clock every morning to ensure that they have enough time to prepare their medications. There's a very tight schedule in the prison uh, and everything is very regimented based on scheduling because there's a lot more happening than health service delivery. We're just a small part of that pie. So for example, uh, people have to go to court, which absolutely can't be missed. They have programming to attend and naturally they want their rec time, which is time outside of, of their cell uh, or their unit. Um, so all these things are very important, especially in prison and they're very important to the individuals that are incarcerated. The nurses are ready to distribute their meds they have to call for a correctional officer. Unlike other work environments, such as in a clinic or a hospital, nurses aren't allowed to transport medications within the prison without security. Uh, we're on a tight timeline for medication distribution because if we're late, programming and rec time is delayed, uh, which like I said, is very important to the individuals in prison. So we try to balance um, all of our duties along with the other activities that occur within the walls of the prison. When nurses are administering meds, they, along with the correctional officers, are, are watching for hoarding and diversion, where individuals may hide medications to sell or save for later to take as a higher dose. So while this isn't to create stigma, because this does occur in other settings outside of a prison, it is a common occurrence within a prison that we have to watch out for, because we do have to consider the safety of all individuals. And if you have large doses of medications available on units, then people aren't safe. Once the morning meds are completed, nurses prepare for suboxone and methadone administration, and then soon start in on prepping lunch meds. In addition, there's the routine nursing duties such as dress dressings, medication delivery to accept from the pharmacy, blood work, transfers to prepare for. So we have people transferring to uh, other provincial facilities or perhaps to a federal institution after they've been sentenced and we prepare individuals for outside medical appointments. There may be suicide assessments to be completed. So if an individual is identified as being at risk by corrections, correction staff will call the medical unit to inform us and we will assess them as soon as possible. Uh, we prioritize that and we determine if they are at a moderate or high risk for suicide or if they are at a low risk. So. And I don't say no risk because when you look at the data, most individuals who are incarcerated are determined to be at some risk due to their current life circumstances. What happens when there's unplanned or unexpected events 
occur within the prison? Well, it depends on what the event is. So whenever there's an event that happens, workflow is heavily impacted. So if it's a safety or security concern, our workflow is significantly delayed as we have to wait until that's cleared up before we can proceed with our day. The correctional officers take our safety very seriously and they communicate to us if it's okay for us to leave the medical unit or if we have to stay put. If there's a medical call made overhead, the nurses respond similar to in hospital. However, the nursing team does not have the same level of support available to them as they would have within the hospital. The nurse is the only medical professional available on site. And as a result, they have to provide direction to the other staff and take care of the individual until EMS arrives. All of our emergencies that can't be handled in-house are sent out to the ER. Like I said, we're not set up at all to be an acute care facility. Uh, it would be like an event happened in your home. You'd have to go to eMERGE. Right. Um, you mentioned that there are um, NPs and well, your model of care is primarily led by nurse practitioners. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about your NP clinics? Yes, so we offer primary care clinics and opioid antagonist treatment clinics. So as, as like all areas in healthcare right now, our clinics can be quite chaotic because as much as we try to pre-plan our daily clinic list, it changes many times throughout the day because there are so many individuals within the facility. And I mentioned earlier, um, we have to triage and prioritize our requests to be seen. So we prioritize any new admissions because they require an admission assessment and most often medications have to be ordered for them. We prioritize suicide assessments and any urgent conditions that can't wait for care. We our opioid agonist therapy team consists of a nurse practitioner and an RN, and both offer in-person and virtual clinics to ensure we can provide that service throughout the province. So they take care of those who are already being treated with the suboxone and methadone in the community upon their admission. And they also initiate treatment for those who would like to include it as a part of their addictions treatment plan. So our uh, O clinics are very busy. Our RN is responsible for completing random urine drug screenings as a part of the program, uh, which I should say that um, we do not notify corrections of any of the results of our urine drug screens. So if we see a drug there that shouldn't be there, we don't share that because we do these tests for healthcare purposes only, and we aren't there to punish them. Um, we don't get involved in that. Uh, so the RN, in addition to the urine drug screens, uh, the RN does uh, assessments for new initiations and follow-ups, collaborates with community prescribers, and educates individuals and prepares them for release, amongst many, many other duties. Wow, this has been very enlightening, uh, Crystal. What would you say to anyone who's interested in a nursing career in correctional health? Oh, I would say that while it can be challenging, which is no different than any other environment in that regard, it's one of the most interesting places I have ever worked. And if anyone has an interest, they should reach out for more information. Some people, like any environment, aren't comfortable with work, comfortable working within a correctional facility, and that's okay. But the majority of those who have worked in, in the facilities really enjoy it. And contrary to popular belief and how TV portrays it, nurses are very safe. There are strict policies and procedures around safety and security. The correctional staff always make sure that we're safe. And if there's ever a time that we don't feel safe, 
we can discuss it with leadership and they implement measures uh, to ensure that we feel safer. And just going back to the portrayal of, of how work, how prison is uh, portrayed on TV, I compare that to us as nurses watching Grey's Anatomy. We all watch it, but we know you can't shot gay systole and they've always shot gay systole. So my point is you can't um, base your opinions on nursing care in a prison by what you see on TV. Uh, that would be like judging what nurses and doctors do while working in a hospital uh, just from watching shows like Grey's Anatomy. Not to pick on them because it's all medical shows. Uh, so we also get to know our clients really well, uh, just to add this in here. And they're, they're happy to see us usually and say hello or have a quick chat while we're passing by. I've had many staff tell me that they feel safer working within a correctional facility than they have in many other areas. And if anybody has any questions later, you can certainly email me. My, my email is uh, crystal.northcott at easternhealth.ca. Oh. Uh, thank you. So interesting your statement, how staff have said they feel safer in other areas. Yes, that actually, so when I post positions, I, I do make a requirement for the successful to, that they have to reach out to me prior to formally accepting it. And I explain a little bit about what I explained to you here today. And I also take them on a, a facility tour to show them the medical unit because, like I said, it's not for everybody, but uh, most often, I, I would say 99% of the time I've taken somebody in there when they've left, they, they told me that they felt surprised, that they felt really safe and felt safer than they have working in other areas. So. I think that's uh, that's great. It's promising, and a lot of feedback I get is that a lot of people really do enjoy the work, and they love working uh, with this population because it is very rewarding. This has been a presentation of the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador.